Live from the fish tank, it is your host Ronnie, back with another episode of the DSAC Fantasy Podcast. Uh, we have a an interesting week. We have the uh, the first one-week matchup after the All-Star break for baseball. Getting back to a, uh, a typical schedule. Uh, we've got the first round of the WNBA playoffs to recap and a championship to preview because that is in its final week. Uh, we have some eh, some stuff we think we can go over here from the beginning of football free agency. And uh, we did have the MLB trade deadline today, so I might uh, hit on a few uh, more relevant trades in that regard just to add some filler. And, of course... Uh, while there will be no guests today, I'll be reaching out to somebody who wanted to postpone it a little bit till till later in the season, potentially for next week. Uh, but I do have a power ranking this week, a very special one that I'll put at the very end, and I'll let you all uh, kind of be surprised by it, I think. Well, we'll see, because uh, I want to be very clear here. This was at the behest of people who uh, gave it a hot sauce in the group chat, so this was... This isn't something I would necessarily want to do on my own accord, but the people want it, apparently, so the people get it. Because I am, of course, a man of the people. Alrighty, well, that being said, let's get into uh, the baseball side of things here first. Uh, leading off here, we had two trades go down. We had Adelise Garcia and his minimum contract traded for a third, two fifth rounds, and uh, Carlos Carrasco. So... Ping here getting pitching, but most importantly, getting three draft picks. You might think a third and two-fifths aren't exactly great, but I uh, would take Ping over anybody else in this league personally when it comes to using late-round picks to get the best of value. I I would assume that a fifth-round pick to him is probably worth more than a second-round pick to a few people in this league with what the damage he can do with it. So seriously, don't trade him picks, please, for, for the good of this league so he doesn't you know, become a perennial powerhouse where he and he alone essentially runs the league year in and year out because he can just trade guys for picks and just replenish that talent easily. But that being said, though, Adelise is a good pickup for Nathan. I mean, that minimum contract is going to be huge for Adelise because you can extend him for stupid cheap and you're going to get good uh, good production out of him. So... A guy who is not going to hit for average, but the homers and the uh, the steals alone will be uh, just stupid good value for 500k. And the other deal here saw a flip of Urias is and uh, a J.J. Blade. So Blade and Ramon headed to Scunthorpe in exchange for Luis. Uh, Luis and Ramon have actually been pretty similar this year, but it looks like Barry cut Ramon. I I don't know if that is... I'm going to look right now and see if Ramon was actually added to the season or if he was like a prospect or something. But I'm, yeah, yeah, he was just a waiver claim by, by Josh. And Barry since dropped him, which caught me a little bit off guard because I think Ramon is good enough to be rostered in this league. But Barry, of course, does have a, a pretty much a, a, a huge glut of middle infield capable players so you know he, he, someone's got to go but he does get J.J. Blade, a former really high draft pick whom I had at one time and whom I traded because I don't really believe in him long term 
So we'll see uh, if I am right in that regard. He has bounced back a little bit this year. I'll pull up his fan graphs to kind of give you some numbers instead of me just saying he's bounced back a little bit. But uh, he's got a 125 WRC plus in AAA. Not too bad. But he's also hitting 228 with a 27% strikeout rate. That's not exactly great news. He is walking 16.3% of the time, though, and that is good news. He's got 20 homers, uh, 52 RBIs in only 85 games. Uh, his brief minor league experience or major league experience so far has not been good, but it's been 10 games. So that's nothing to to base an opinion off of. So at this point, I think he's probably set up to be a, a very low average guy who can maybe pop a few homers, uh, drive in some runs. We'll see if Miami can build a team that he can thrive in. But it'll be just interesting to see how he plays out because of the the potential big holes there with the uh, the hit tool. But for Luis Arias, yeah, fine. No complaints on me. Shocking to some of you, I'm sure. Uh, as we head into the recap here, I will touch on uh, the records. Uh, so far, I think there's only uh, one record that I uh, noticed putting into the, uh, the league sheet this week, and that would be Ping adding another entry to his tied for third uh, stolen base total again. This is the fourth time this season alone that his team has stolen uh, 11 bases, and that is the, the third highest mark in league history. means four times in one year. If He's nothing if not consistent. But anyways, let's actually get into uh, the, the proper recaps here. We have the first matchup. Nathan decimating Barry, 9-3, as Nathan is trying to tank. Can you imagine that? Wow. Uh, we had, actually, uh, apparently I am behind on my trades there because we do have the uh, this matchup specifically. No, I touched on that last week. Never mind. I'm an idiot. I did the Jordan thing last week. <laughs> hey, this is what you get as your podcast host, apparently. Someone who's five minutes into a segment and does not want to restart over a minor error. So, anyways, Nathan decimating Barry, 9-3. Nathan getting seven innings, 12K as a quality start, a one two nine ERA, and a .86 whip from Reed Detmers. Carrasco with seven and two-thirds innings, 7K as a quality start, a zero ERA, and a .78 whip in his farewell with... The regulators, Tulsa, Nathan said he was changing his teams to Tulsa, but he hasn't exactly changed his team to Tulsa yet. So we'll see if they're the regulators or the drillers or both. Schrodinger's Tulsa. He also got seven innings and eight Ks, a quality start, a zero ERA, and a .71 from Merrill Kelly, who had two really good starts this week, but Nathan only used him for one. Uh, and offensively, Jonathan India having a, a heck of a week. Seven runs, two homers, six ribbies, batting 429 with a 1270 OPS. On Barry's side, Spencer Strider, who, as a recording, had a great game tonight. Uh, six innings, 6K is a quality start, a 1-5 ERA, 0.67 whip, and a 6K walk ratio from a start the previous week. Jose Arquiti with six and two-thirds, 3K is a quality start, a 2-7 ERA, and a 0.9 whip. Uh, Julio Urias, Barry, you know, trying to keep up his Urias ratio, although he did drop one, so I guess he Urias'd his, he's down to half the ratio of Urias's that he had uh, previously. 
but he did get a 7 innings, 4Ks, Koi Sart, 257 ERA, 0.57 whip, and an infinite K walk for Julio. Uh, 5 runs, 2 homers, 5 rubies, batting 364 for Luis Urias. Uh, Benintendi swiping 2 bags while being traded to the Yankees midweek. And Brandon Rodgers hitting 444. Uh, we talked about it with the one of the uh, position group power rankings recently about Rodgers starting to find his, his role a little bit. Uh, this past week was just a little more evidence that, hey, he's finally starting to show some, probably not all, but some of what he was supposed to be. And if he can even just do some of that, hey, that's a pretty good ball player. Next matchup up sees Tom beating Keefe 8-4. to four. Tom gets five runs, four homers, eight ribbies, hitting 471 with a 1748 OPS from Matt Chapman. Man, how can that offense, if outburst, not be the offensive player of the week? Yeah, well, we'll see here in a little bit. Um, we got two steals each from Stephen Kwan and Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, just a brief interjection here. Like, is it just me or has anyone else been like very underwhelmed by Acuna? Yes, he's coming up the ACL injury, but like, I feel like I hardly ever see him really in highlights. And then whenever I do these weekly recaps, it seems like he's just not not returning the value you would expect. Uh, I hope that's just a slow readjustment coming back from his injury. I really hope we see Acuna becoming a star again because the league is much better when he is a star. But it just hasn't quite happened so far. But hopefully optimistic on that. Uh, Alec Bohm, eight runs, a homer, four ribbies, batting 484 on the week. Anthony Santander with five runs, three homers, seven ribbies, batting 444 with a 1298 OPS. Pitching wise, Jackson with three safe holds. And Keegan Thompson, seven innings, seven Ks, a quality start at zero, ERA 0.57 whip, and an infinite K walk. On Keefe's end, seven ribbies from Rowdy Tellez, two steals from Cedric Mullins, seven runs, or innings, 11 Ks, a quality start. A 129 ERA, a .29 whip, and an infinite K walk from Pablo Lopez. We had Chris and Alex battle to a tie. Uh, Alex going first because of standings. Alex with six run or er, innings. I did it again. Seven Ks to quality start. A 1-5 ERA, a .83 whip, and a 7 K walk for Dylan. Man, he sucks. Cease. Seven innings, six Ks to quality start. A 1-2-9 ERA, .71 whip from Martin Perez. 7 innings, 11 Ks, a quality start, a 257 ERA, and a 1 whip, and an 11 K walk for you, Darvish. 7 innings, 6 Ks, a quality start, 0 ERA, a 1 whip for Max Scherzer. 13 innings, 13 strikeouts, 2 quality starts, 208 ERA, 115 whip, and a 65 K walk for Max Freed. 7 innings, 8 Ks, a quality start, a 257 ERA, and a .86 whip for Zach Wheeler. Two steals for Freddie Freeman. Uh, three runs, three homers, seven rubies for Kyle Schwarber, and Austin Riley batting 435 on the week. Hope your move is going smoothly, Alex. Hopefully it's done or close to being done. I wouldn't want to move uh, across state lines. And, uh, yeah, I am not envious of you at all. Anyways, with Chris now, we got seven innings, two Ks, a quality start, a 257 ERA, and a one whip from Johnny Cueto. Six innings, seven Ks, a quality start, a three ERA, a .83 whip, and an infinite K walk from Tyler Malley. Six innings, nine Ks, a quality start, a zero ERA, a .33 whip, and a nine K walk for Ian Anderson. Four runs, three homers, and four rubies for Aledmus Diaz? Question mark? 
Uh, five runs, two homers, six ribbies for Joe Ram. We have Mike beating Nut eight to four. Mike with three save holds from Whitlock. Seven innings, four Ks, Kowalski Hart two five seven ERA and a one whip for Miles Michaelis. Six innings, four Ks, quality start, one five ERA, point eight three whip for James Caprillion. Fifteen Ks from Nola. Seven innings, five Ks, quality start, two five seven ERA, point seven one whip and a five K walk for Marco Gonzalez. Seven two thirds, five Ks, a quality start, a one one seven ERA, a point seven eight whip and a five K walk from Justin, perhaps the best pitcher in the American League, Verlander. Uh, seven innings, five Ks, a quality start, a two five seven ERA, a one whip and a five K walk for Mike Clevenger. Five runs, a homer, three ribbies, two steals, batting three thirty three for Vladdy. Five runs, two homers, five ribbies, batting four twenty one with a one two three nine OPS from Miranda, and two steals from Marcus Simeon. On that nuts side, we got three safe holds from Romano. Six and two thirds, three Ks, a quality start, a two seven ERA, and a point six whip for Alex Wood. Seven innings, eight Ks, a quality start, a one two nine ERA, and a one whip from Shane Bieber. Six and a third, nine Ks, a quality start, a one four two ERA, a point nine five whip, and a four five K walk from Brandon Woodruff, and eight ribbies from Randall Grichuk. Our penultimate matchup sees Josh beating Paolo seven to five in a close one. Eight ribbies from Voigt, seven ribbies, two steals from Xander Bogarts. Castellano sitting 400 on the week. Uh, three save holds from Classe. 11 innings, 12 Ks, a quality start, a zero ERA, a .82 whip, and a 6K walk for Ranger Suarez. Having himself a nice week after being in the doghouse for most of the season for Josh. Six innings, 11 Ks, a quality start, a 1.5 ERA, a .67 whip, and an 11K walk from Alex Cobb. And lastly, six innings, three Ks, a quality start, and a zero ERA from Marcus Stroman. On Paldo's side, his Yankees just mashed all week long. <clears throat> uh, LeMahieu does not even make the recap, and he was pretty good. Uh, but you want to know how... Um, oh, geez, what's his face? Matt Chapman does not earn hitter of the week because Aaron Judge had seven runs, five homers, ten ribbies, and a steal, but in 348 with a 1483 OPS. That man is not human. Uh, Jerickson Profar with six innings. That'd be impressive if he had six innings, but he has six runs, actually. Three homers, six ribbies, batting 364, the one, two, three, four OPS. Anthony Rizzo with five runs, three homers, five ribbies, batting 375 with the 1483 OPS. Uh, and then Aaron Ashby, 11 2 thirds innings, 15 K is a quality start, and a 154 ERA. We do have an unnamed pitcher here whom I Managed to forget to put a name in for who went seven innings with 10 Ks, a quality start, a zero ERA, a .29 whip, and a 10 K walk. Uh, we can find that out real quick here. You hold on with me here for the dead air. I apologize for it. It's not good podcasting, but it's what we got. That would appear to be Brady Singer. There we go. The final matchup sees Ping frying the walleye nine to three in a pretty ugly one here. Cole Irvin, seven innings, four Ks, a quality start, two five seven ERA and a point seven one whip. Twelve and two thirds innings, thirteen Ks, a quality start, two eight four ERA and a one oh three whip for Berrios. Six innings, eleven Ks, a quality start, a three ERA and an infinite K walk for Shohei Otani. Seven runs. Damn it. Seven innings, four runs. 
seven innings, four Ks, a quality start, zero ERA, a .57 whip, and an infinite K walk for Anderson. Seven Ks with two save holds for Edwin Diaz. I believe that was in two and a third innings, so he struck out literally every batter he faced this week, which is impressive. JT Real Muto going four runs, two homers, seven ribbies, a steal, a 409 average, and a 1227 OPS. Trey Turner with five runs, a homer, four ribbies, and a steal. Yuli Gurriel stealing three bases. Yuli Gurriel, three steals in one week, and it was against me? Come on, that's just, that's terrible. That's terrible. How unlucky for Yuli Gurriel to steal three bases in a single matchup. Whatever. Uh, and Otani, five runs, two homers, five ribbies, and a steal. Uh, on my side, we had six innings, two Ks, a quality start, a zero ERA, and a one whip from Tarek Skubal. Six and two-thirds innings, five Ks, a quality start, a 2-7 ERA, and a 105 whip from Kyle Wright. Six innings, eight Ks, a quality start, three ERA, and a one whip from Joe Musgrove. Thirteen innings, 20 Ks, a quality start, a .54 whip, and a 10K walk from Carlos Rodon. Seven innings, eight Ks, quality start, a one two nine ERA, a point seven one whip, and an infinite K walk for Adam Wainwright. Uh, Matt Brash going two innings with four strikeouts and a zero ERA. It's good to see. Uh, Corbin Burns with that six innings, ten uh, Ks, quality start, point eight three whip, and an infinite K walk. Uh, Yelich batting four seventeen on the week. Buxton with five runs, three homers, three rubies, and a steal, and Josh Rojas with three steals. Looking here at the categories for the week, uh, it was dominated by owners whose names begin with the letter P. Uh, runs, 49 for Ping. Homers, 19 for Paolo. RBIs, 48 for Paolo. Steals, 11 for Ping. Average, 288 for Tom. Uh, the P is silent there. Uh, OPS, an 8958 for Paolo. Strikeouts, 92. Hey, that's me. Uh, quality starts, 9 for Mike. ERA, 2.153 for Paolo, whip 1.028 for Chris, K walk 4.778 for Ping, and save holds 8 split between Chris and Tom. Uh, players of the week, uh, the batter was Aaron Judge. The starting pitcher was, hey, Carlos Rodon. And relief pitcher was Edwin Diaz. That would be Paolo, Ronnie, and Ping. Uh, Barry's 5 of the week. Hitters, Judge for Paolo, Chapman for Tom, Santander for Tom, Profar for Paolo, India for Nathan. Pitchers, Kelly for Nathan, Rodon for Ronnie, Freed for Alex, Otani for Ping, Suarez for Josh, Classe for Josh, Diaz for Ping, Romano for Nut, Whitlock for Mike, and Soto for Keith were the five relievers. Uh, taking a look now at the standings, we have Josh still out in front, 11.5 up on Mike who has now gained his second place back from the newly back in third, Fargo Frostbite, who are 13 games back. Ping is 16 games back in fourth. The Walleye, 29 and a half games back in fifth, holding on to a very slim lead over Nutt, who is only 33 games back. Uh, Chris down in seventh, 38 games back, with a half-game lead on Barry, who was in eighth with 38 and a half games back. Paolo, ninth, 39 and a half games back. Nathan in 10th, 45 and a half games back. Tom in 11th, Keith in 12th. Scoreboard for this week sees the matchups being 10th place Nathan in 4th place Ping, 8th place Barry in 12th place Keith, which already looks like a runaway. 
we'll see how the uh, the ratios for pitching go on that one. I could see Keith maybe gaining some ground there, considering that he uh, hasn't even reached his innings minimum at the time of recording. Eleventh uh, place, Tom, and second place, uh, Mike. It's pretty close so far. Seventh place, Chris. Ninth place, Paolo. First place, Josh, and sixth place, Nut. Fifth place, Ronnie, and third place, Alex. All right, we'll throw WNBA in here as we have the results from the first round of the playoffs. Uh, as expected, Chris did beat Josh, but after some prodding, Josh decided to line up and actually put up a little bit of a fight for a while there. But Chris gets to win 771 to 626. The top three scorers for each team, Thomas with 105, Ionescu with 88, and Lloyd with 83 for Chris, while Josh got 83 from Atkins, 71 from Bonner, and 71 from Wilson. And in the other half of this matchup, we had Alex taking down Ronnie, 813 to 628. A verbal meme that I shared in the WNBA chat, Alex is the the really buff-looking dog uh, when he's playing anybody other than Chris, but when he does play Chris, he's the really, like, timid and scared and crying dog that's, like, really small. Uh, that was 813 to 628, if I did not say that already. Top three for each team, Cloud with 114, Wale with 93, and Charles with 87 for Alex, while Brianna Stewart with 104, Sue Bird 93, and Diana Taurasi with 68 for Ronnie. Uh, that means the championship is Chris and Alex, the first and second place teams in the regular season. Chris still has yet to lose a matchup. Uh, Alex has only lost to Chris. Uh, taking a quick look here at these two teams. Uh, Alex now going without Ogumba Wale today, who missed the game with an ankle injury. Uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, you can only assume that Chris's goons... Uh, had something to say about that. Meanwhile, Ian Eskew put up 56 points tonight. Sounds about right for what Ian Eskew does on occasion. Uh, while we're speaking for today's matchup, this is the first uh, first day this week of games. Uh, Natasha Cloud with 44 on Alex's side. Kalia Copper with 36 as well. Uh, Chris also got 44 from Alyssa Thomas, who triple-doubled tonight. So... 313 to 214 as we speak. Chris has a 99-point lead. We'll see if it lasts, but I think there's probably a pretty good chance that it does. Uh, yeah, should be a, hopefully, a really good finals. Uh, and a conclusion to the first and perhaps only uh, WNBA season that we've ever done. But hey, it was a lot of fun, and hopefully... When I'm talking with you all this time next week, it'll continue to be fun as we crown our champion. All right, and for football, football free agency has started, although you would be uh, forgiven if you didn't really realize it with it taking over this course of four days to finish up bidding on Tony Pollard in a absolute slog. But we did get through Pollard, and we have gotten through Marlon Mack today as well here. Pumped free agency list here. We are on Darrell Henderson as we speak. Only the third player to be nommed since free agency opened on Saturday. Uh, the winning bids. After my uh, computer wants to load the spreadsheet. Here we go. Uh, Tony Pollard went for four years at $15 million for a total of $60 million, And Marlon Mack went... Two years, eight point five million for a total of seventeen million. 
the MacTale in particular was um, a lot to me. I think I'm probably the biggest Marlon Mack fan in this group in terms of the player, but uh, apparently not in terms of fantasy because I cut Marlon Mack with, I think, like a 9 or $10 million average annual value, and he got nearly all of that back uh, in free agency bidding on a team in Houston that, to be quite frank, is pretty bad uh, and has Rex Burkhead and Damian Pierce also in the backfield. I would not be shocked if Marlon Mack is not even a uh, a flex play when you look at the end of season standings and how many points these guys put up. But hey, there is potential there. There's not exactly a defined back in the backfield already. Burkhead gets his touches here or there, kind of at the goal line too a little bit. Pierce is a rookie who we haven't seen yet. And Marlon Mack does have, I believe, 2,000 yard seasons under his belt, but he is coming off that Achilles injury. So we'll see if he can buck the, the trend on that and bounce back. Meanwhile, Pollard has a real good chance to be a, a weekly flex play with how Dallas has divvied up the the running back touches in the last couple of seasons. And with how short the lifespans of running backs are, I wouldn't be surprised if he overtakes Zeke at some point. I don't know how long Zeke is under contract for. In fact, I will Google that right now. But Tony Pollard has shown to be pretty good uh, when he is he's getting his time again his touches. It looks like Elliot has... Ooh, he's under contract for a long time. Never mind. So, yeah. I can't imagine Dallas... Uh, well, Zeke does, I guess, have an opt-out here uh, coming up. I believe before next season. So this could be the last season of his deal if he does opt-out. Uh, he's got a lot of money after that, so we'll we'll see about that. But, yeah. Pollard could have uh, some pretty good value this year. And Anthony should definitely have extended him, but he didn't. Not quite sure what was going on there. Um, we'll see how quickly free agency goes uh, otherwise. But, yeah, uh, an, an interesting yet slow start to free agency, and hopefully things speed up a little bit, and hopefully we get some uh, some more fireworks in the bidding. This class definitely looks at least a little better than last year, where uh, Taylor Heineke was the uh, the center of attention, which is never, ever uh, a good sign. We did have some football trades as well. Uh this free agency period has really opened up the floodgates, apparently, as we saw uh, today. Devontae Adams go for Chris Olave, a first, a second, and a third. Unfortunately, because, you know, yours truly was in on Adams and did not get him, uh, nor did I convince Mike to go full Nathan and trade me the guy I wanted after acquiring him from Josh. So, uh, needless to say, Nathan is my favorite among all the uh, the people who participate in the uh, the very much lesser Lomo League for that reason alone. Uh, before that, we did see uh, Nathan, however, make a deal to strengthen his team, getting Joe Mixon for a second and two firsts. Josh really selling off here as he tries to go full tank after leaving the draft, the startup that is, with uh, a strong roster on paper. Uh, we had a trade between Keith and Sean, uh, Keith getting uh, a bunch of suspended players, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, Calvin Ridley, and Elijah Moore, who was not suspended, by the way. The first two are, of course, for Mac Jones and Tyreek Hill. I like this for Sean as it gives him actually two quarterbacks the full season as opposed to uh, two quarterbacks for only about half the season. Uh, he gets a another big-name wide receiver in exchange for Calvin Ridley, who will be missing the whole season. So Keith in his very much youth-friendly 
build. Uh, we'll see if that means he takes a step back. He does upgrade over Mac Jones, even though Deshaun Watson is an absolute prick who should not be playing football for the foreseeable future. Uh, and six games is a slap on the wrist, to be quite frank. But he does get an upgrade there. Uh, adds Elijah Moore. I do like him and his ceiling. I think he could be pretty good. And then Kelvin Ridley will be pretty good when he comes back, he'd have to think. Uh, we'll see if that is with Atlanta or with a different team. But So for the now, it's huge for Sean. Could make him a real strong contender. Uh, for the future, probably best for Keith. But Keith is a definitely a, uh, a future-minded team that just happens to be really good right now. And he's really figured out uh, how to properly value contracts in football. Because I've said before, I'll say it again, I think the contract structure in football is very unbalanced compared to the other leagues. But hey... This, as Chris always says, it is early, and maybe I'll be proven wrong as we get into different forms of free agency and we get stronger classes as owners cannot resign players from the startup at some point. But still feels a little off to me. And finally, with football, uh, LaVisca Chenault and a third for Dawson Knox's signing rights. Uh, this came about because Barry mishandled his extensions and somehow left Knox not extended and ran out of room and traded him for pennies on the dollar for a very uh, uh, hyped-up receiver prospect who just never really panned out in his first two years. Uh, <laughs> the odds of him making it now are probably slim after the first two years, but he is still in the NFL, and he is still going to be... Well, he is on Jacksonville, though, and Jacksonville kind of went ham on receivers this offseason, so we'll see if Chenault does anything. The third-rounder is a third-rounder in football. Third-rounders don't really usually turn out much here because those that's you know picks 29 through uh 42 and then knox actually was very productive last year uh probably top i think he might have been a top five tight end if not like top seven or eight so that's a great pickup for alex and able to extend him at a very reasonable rate for that tight end production here all right, we have the uh, the baseball real-life trades here. I figured I would touch on a few of the important ones just to add some content here because it is very relevant for us. Off the top here, literally the first thing on this the, the ESPN tracker here I have is uh, Tampa Bay sending Brett Phillips to Baltimore for cash. Sorry, Nathan. I think we all like Brett Phillips, even if we aren't all Rays fans. Oh, we have uh, Rysel Iglesias to Atlanta. Atlanta's a pretty good bullpen, pretty good team. So even though Iglesias may or may not be the closer still, probably should still have a good chance to get some holds. Uh, Whit Merrifield traded to Toronto. Uh, it'll be unvaccinated. We'll see if, if Whit follows through on his uh, statement to get vaccinated if he goes to a, con- a contender. Uh, that is, especially considering that you know Toronto plays in Canada. We'll see how uh, that goes. But Whit has definitely fallen off a little bit. Hopefully being in a stronger lineup uh, will increase the counting stats a little bit. We have, in my opinion, one of the more confusing ones, uh, Montgomery to St. Louis for Bader going back to New York, uh, a deal that deals with two walleye. I hate seeing Montgomery go, as I think he's a pretty strong 3-4 for most teams. The Yankees, of course, with the addition of Montas, kind of pushes him out out of that uh, top three easily. Uh, But especially being a lefty, adds a different look to the lineup. Not exactly a hard thrower, but he has some, I think he has some pretty good stuff. Uh, very dependable. Just kind of takes the ball every five days. More often than not, you're going to get a, a good outing from him. And 
I think it's uh, he's undervalued, I think, by a lot of people. And going to St. Louis will be good for his fantasy outlook because he's going to have a huge, he's going to have a better ballpark behind him. He's going to have a huge defense uh, behind him as well. Even with you know notable Cole Glover, Harrison Bader leaving St. Louis. Bader, of course, still hurt, plantar fasciitis. He's in a walking boot for a little bit, but he's going to bring Gold Glove defense to center field for the Yankees. Presumably, in my opinion, to start because you don't trade Jordan, away Jordan Montgomery to not have the guy start. And Bader's going to be a big upgrade over Hicks defensively. Uh, I think his his issues hitting are a bit overblown. He's a career 99 OPS plus, so pretty much league average. And if you're going to get Gold Glove defense from a league average bat at a premium off, or a defensive position, okay, cool. Uh, I believe this also saves him a little bit of money. Perhaps that's to give Aaron Judge a contract extension. And you can roll out uh, Benintendi, Bader, Judge in the, the playoffs. Depending on what you do with Benintendi, maybe Hicks goes in left field next year, or you bring Benintendi back, or even Stanton in left field sometimes. Uh, Syndergaard going to Philly. Uh, not good for Syndergaard because Philly is a bit of a small park, and uh, their defense sucks. But hopefully for Chris that uh, works out because, I mean, Syndergaard is a fun pitcher, even though he's, his stuff is a little bit diminished from the injuries. Would, would at least like to see him, you know, kind of succeed there with Philadelphia, even though the defense, as I mentioned, uh, will will not help that. Uh, let's see. Jury going to San Diego. We'll see if Jury can keep up his hot start. Uh, a little skeptical about it, but hey, uh, you never know. He, he, he could have just, just broken out a little bit after, uh, after kind of being a guy who people thought was never going to, turn out what he was supposed to. I uh, still don't quite understand where he's going to play because that infield is now pretty packed in San Diego, as we will get to here in a bit. Uh, Tyler Malley to Minnesota gets him out of uh, Great American Ballpark. Great news for Chris. Uh, yep. Pretty good pitcher, and I think he'll actually... Uh, he actually has some pretty good underlying numbers already, but I think he'll he'll bounce back and Definitely be worth uh, more value than what Chris currently uh, has accounted for him salary-wise. Uh, David Robertson back to Philadelphia, trying to re- redo the uh, the failed big contract a couple years ago. See if it works out better for them this time. And then Brandon Marsh ends up going to the LA Angels in exchange for Logan O'Hop from Philly. Uh, interesting deal is Marsh hasn't really hit, but he's still young and he could still break out. Plays a good defense, but... O'Hop is a decent catcher, probably a little bit more defensive-oriented, but a pretty good hitter, too. So I'm actually kind of curious to see if O'Hop will be drafted in our draft uh, when that finally happens in 10 years when football free agency ends. But, yeah, we'll see if Marsh can can break out in a uh, a new situation. Definitely going to play better outfield defense for a team who really needs it. Uh, Eric Hosmer to Boston. I don't know. I guess San Diego's paying for it, so hey, all 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 the power to Boston here. Uh, Joey Gallo to New York. Uh, yep, the Yankees desperately needed to get away from Gallo, and Gallo desperately needed to get away from the Yankees. Hopefully for Gallo, it works out. Genuinely, genuinely like the guy. Great dude. Uh, just didn't didn't uh, cut it in New York for a variety of reasons. Uh, we I guess next up will be the the Soto trade here on ESPN's tracker. Soto and Josh Bell to San Diego. That's That lineup is going to be great. As I mentioned in the chat, I'm still not sold on their pitching, particularly their starters. 
Joe Musgrove, stud. You Darvish, a stud most of the time, but he's a little bit more prone to blow-ups than, than Musgrove is. Sean had some really good stuff in the first half, has been pretty bad since. And then I just don't really trust anyone else in that rotation, like at all. And in a seven-game series, that's not uh, not great to rely on two starters to win you four of those games out of seven. But hey, the offense is loaded. You're, you're going to get Tatis back at short. Machado's still at third. Cronenworth playing a great second base. Uh, Josh Bell, who they also got in this deal, playing first base. Uh, so that's where my confusion with Jury comes in. But he can play a few positions, and I'm sure they'll kind of move guys around. Probably not great for Haseon Kim uh, as a uh, utility uh, middle infielder. But the Nationals get back a haul. Mackenzie Gore, formerly a very high-rated pitching prospect who recently graduated, still well-regarded, but perhaps the shine off him is a little less than what it was a couple years ago. Robert Hassel, kid just absolutely rakes. Uh, Not exactly a slugger yet, but he just absolutely hits the ball and just hits it really well. Very high average, very high OBP. Uh, C.J. Abrams, middle infielder. Uh, again, another, another top prospect here. James Wood, a tall outfielder. I don't know a ton about him, but you know, he's really tall and can really hit the ball really far. Uh, and Luke Voigt heading back to Washington as well. Uh, interesting to see Voigt kind of bounce around. This will be his fourth team now uh, between St. Louis, New York, San Diego, and now Washington. Never quite cut it in uh, St. Louis with playing time issues, not having a DH. Killed it for the Yankees for a little bit, but kept getting hurt and just couldn't quite uh, outplay Rizzo at the end. Uh, just never quite got it going for San Diego, and now he'll have the chance to do so in Washington. Really like him, and I hope he can uh, can find his his groove there. Uh, Jordan Groshan's going to Miami. Uh, kind of surprised me because I thought relatively highly of Groshans, but I guess his minor league numbers haven't been as good as I expected this year. Uh, Zach Pop, among the players going back to Toronto, I believe Anthony Bass is as well. We got Jorge Lopez going to Minnesota. Uh, another player from Chris going to Minnesota. Uh, but hey, uh, Lopez, he may not be the closer in Minnesota. Maybe, maybe not. But once again, it's a safe holds league, and Jorge Lopez will certainly get some holds opportunities for Minnesota, who I believe is leading the division. I want to say they are, and I can check that real quick with a quick Google. Yeah, Minnesota leading the division. Only by a game, though. But they are leading the division with a, a five, 54, well, 54 wins out of uh, 49 losses. So, hopefully for Chris, some, some good holds and saves chances there. Uh, Jake Odorizzi for Will Smith between Atlanta and Houston. I don't know. Odorizzi is owned in our league. I don't know if Will Smith is, but not bad. Odorizzi would be fine in Atlanta, I think. Houston's a little bit more of a hitter's park, I believe. I don't have park factors memorized, but not a, not a bad trade there. Uh, the Josh Hader trade, a little surprised me. Happened yesterday, but uh, Milwaukee recouping quantity over quality. Well, they're, not to say that the players they got back aren't good, but, I mean, Josh Hader is Josh Hader. But if it's a... Uh, Kind of one of those retool on the fly moves to help extend Milwaukee's window. Hey, work out great for him as Hader has been a little shaky as of late. I bet that's more of an aberration than anything else, though. Uh, Milwaukee did go back and get relievers, though. Matt Bush, former top prospect, uh, and I believe it was a shortstop, too, who converted to pitcher 
after having a few uh, run-ins with the law. Uh, they also got a few other relievers who I believe will be coming up here later in this. Jose Quintana with a walleye going to St. Louis again. So uh, rinse and repeat with Jordan Montgomery, but older, a uh, little worse. But, hey, he's going to a great uh, great defense. So that's good. Tommy Pham of Boston. Uh, that feels like a uh, a beef between fans and players just waiting to happen. Uh, Christian Vasquez going to Houston. Uh, Bogart's not very happy, of course, with Vasquez leaving. And, quote-unquote, nobody coming in. So, hey, maybe Tommy Pham will slap Bogart's for that uh, remark. But interesting to see what Boston is doing by the half-sell, half-buy mode. Uh, Frankie Montas and Lou Trevino go into the Yankees. As a Yankee fan, I'm not exactly going to get overly upset about any of the prospects they dealt away. Prospect hugging can be kind of stupid in real life, even though I'm guilty of it in fantasy. Hey, double standards and all. But Montas is pretty strong, probably the best uh, non-Castillo pitcher on the market. Uh, Lou Trevino, a reliever with a track record of being good, who's been kind of bad this year. We'll see if Matt Blake can go full Clay Holmes with him. Uh, Trey Mancini going to Houston, that just sucks to see. You love Trey Mancini. It's a great story. You really think Baltimore could potentially use him as a cornerstone to build around and have a, a face of the franchise and a fan favorite. And instead, he goes to play for probably the most hated team in baseball. Eh, is what it is. Uh, Scott Afros to the Yankees. Sidearm righty gives the Yankees a different look. Pretty good strikeout stuff. Nobody has him in our league, though, I don't think. Uh, David Peralta going to Tampa Bay. Well, he's better than uh, Brett Phillips, I guess. Uh, hey, our own Chris Martin going to L.A. Enjoy L.A., Chris. Boy, there's nice this time of year. Uh, there's the aforementioned Luis Castillo trade for Noel V. Marte. Levi Stout, Edwin Arroyo, and Andrew Moore. Goodness. Uh, yeah, good news for Castillo, who gets out of uh, the Great American Ballpark. Uh, goes to Seattle. It'll be great for Castillo and such. Great for Mike, who made the trade with me, kind of hoping that Castillo would be moved, and that move pays off for Mike in that respect. Benintendi going to the Yankees. The Yankees get an outfielder who can play left field who can hit for contact, adds a good dynamic to the lineup, and he's lefty. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much anything of relevance there. 12 minutes, it's longer than I expected, so hopefully you all enjoyed my half-baked commentary, which you probably all disagree with. All right, and the final thing, the uh, the power ranking, the very special power ranking for this week. As I mentioned, this is not something I intended to do, but when... The people love the idea that I did said in jest in the group chat. Well, the people get what the people want. And apparently the people want me to roast Barry's offseason from football. <laughs> the moves he made at the uh, extension deadline. So here it is, I guess. A power ranking of Barry's offseason uh, football extension deadline moves from uh, bad to worse. So we'll start with the quote-unquote bad, even though it's actually, I think the, there's a couple decent moves in here. Calling up Brevin Jordan, pretty good, actually. Uh, he's pretty cheap. And uh, Houston, I believe, he will be the tight end one there. I don't think Houston has any real uh, competition for him. So he'll be a relevant play in fantasy. And Davis Mills, I think, is better than some people give him credit for. I know I was kind of in on him as a potential draft pick last year, but ended up with Nico Collins instead because I actually think Mills went before my pick. 
Maybe I'm wrong on that. I'm not going to fact check that, but I know for a fact that Mills was on my short list. Uh, he extended Khalil Herbert. Not as good as the Jordan call, but hey, uh, Khalil Herbert is presumably the backup in Chicago, and for the price, that's fine. You can't really go wrong with it. Uh, next up here, the, the third best will be extending Harrison Bucker. I don't love the price. $6 million for a kicker is just too much for me, but it is only one year, and Barry doesn't exactly need cap space, and Bucker is a kicker on a really good offense. So, I mean, if you're going to extend a kicker, Bucker is one of them. I just think the price could have been better better used, perhaps elsewhere, and just getting a, a kicker for cheap and free agency. Uh, next up was extending Quintez Cephas, who was a little bit buried on the depth chart now in Detroit behind uh, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, DJ Chark, and eventually Jamison Williams when he comes back. So we'll see how that goes, but a potential wide receiver for an Alliance offense. Not a player I would necessarily want to have on my team. Uh, we have next up the Ashton Doolin extension, which is oof. Uh, Ashton Doolin is a special teams specific player on the Colts who gets a little bit of run with the wide receivers, depending on injuries and depending on formations, because he is very fast. But the Colts have Michael Pittman Jr. They just drafted Alec Pierce. You have Paris Campbell for the you know the, the three games he'll be healthy for this year. Uh, Doolin kind of factors in a little bit after those three. Uh, Michael Strawn is missing the start of the season. Desmond Patman could be something at some point. Uh, never underestimate the fact that maybe T.Y. Hilton comes back, even though he's still unsigned. And at this point in camp, it probably seems unlikely he comes back, but we'll see. Um, who else in the Colts receiver-wise? Kiki Kuti is still bouncing around. I don't know if he'll uh, break with the team this year or not. He spent a lot of last year in the practice squad. But, yeah, I, I would not be extending Ashton Doolin when you could probably get him back in free agency for less than the extension price. Uh, next up, and third from the bottom here, is calling up uh, Wandale and Rashad. So, Wandale, maybe wide receiver four on the Giants. And he, he just trusted him. You could have at least kind of slow played it and see how it went before immediately uh, starting his contract. I would not be that um, aggressive, uh, I guess, in the, the football moves there with calling up rookies. Kind of more wait and see because those rookie contracts are incredibly valuable. And if you're burning them on a team that's not a playoff team, that's not exactly great, especially since Wandale is only on a two-year deal. And you got to think he's behind Tony. We'll see if Galladay can bounce back. You still have Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton bouncing around. So there's a lot of mouths to feed in that Giants offense. But we will see how that goes. And Rashad White, granted, a decent player, but he is in Tampa, and he's going to be behind Leonard Fournette, another guy I probably would have held off on for a year because uh, I think you're pretty much just burning a year of that four-year rookie deal. I mean, you could just kind of wait and see how that backfield plays up. Maybe if they eventually move on from Fournette at some point, and you could have called him up then and really got the, the best bang for your buck out of that $4 million first-round rookie salary. But instead, you call him up early, you burn a year of that contract, and you just generally lose value on the contract. Uh, and then next up here, this is... The, these next two are just egregiously bad. Um, I'm kind of going to group in here the the not extending uh, Dawson Knox after extending Khalil Herbert. Uh, Quintus Sivas, Ashton Doolin, and someone who we'll get to here shortly. 
Uh, but Dawson Knox was really good last year. And if you come in with Noah Fant and Dawson Knox at a combined less than $12 million for your tight ends, that's great. That's a great spot to be in. But instead, we come, we turn around, we extend a bunch of scrubs, and we turn uh, Dawson Knox into a a very underwhelming receiver and a, a pick with very little value. That's just just bad asset management. Um, I just Dawson Knox on that list would have been easily my my first to extend, and it's not particularly close. Uh, and then the last one is extending. Uh, What's the face? Terrace Marshall for two years at $6 million salary. Uh, Marshall has very little action last year. Uh, still going to be kind of buried on the Panthers' depth chart. And you're paying $6 million for this a guy who didn't show anything last year. Uh, that's incredibly risky. And then if you're going to extend it for only two years, I mean, you could easily cut him. But if he does actually kind of turn into something, then you're kind of handcuffing yourself because that second extension is going to be outrageous. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, the current depth chart would have him third on the depth chart, which I guess is a little higher than I expected. But he is still buying DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Uh, the And honestly, at this point, you can probably put Christian McCaffrey ahead of him too with the, the work he'll get out of the backfield. Uh, but you have one of Baker or Sam Darnold throwing the ball. Uh, it's not exactly great for a wide receiver three. And then uh, Terrace Marshall, as I mentioned here, let's go with the uh, the stats from last year. On a team that didn't exactly have a, uh, a a wealth of riches at the wide receiver position, he had 30 targets and 17 catches for 138 yards all of last year. That's that's waiver wire fodder. And to be quite honest, if you want Terrace Marshall that much, you could have just let him go and went after him for agency because I don't think anybody would pay $6 million for him in free agency. So, I mean, there we go. There's the, the power ranking of Barry's offseason. Once again, I forced into doing something I don't want to do because you know, you know how much I respect Barry in this league. But, hey, the, the people wanted me to to rank his moves and well i i'm kind of handcuffed here i gotta do what the people want to do so there we have it and with that that'll wrap up this episode thank you very much for listening i uh, hope you all have uh, good weeks with the exception of alex and baseball because please i really want another win i gotta get some breathing room here in the standings uh yeah and with that i will catch you all next time maybe with a guest <laughs>